Well, good morning, Community Church. How are we doing this morning? We've had quite an amazing last few days. The presence of God has showed up in such a powerful way. So this morning as we come together, can we get our hearts dialed in immediately with our King? Can we do that this morning? Let's just stretch our hands up to the King right now. Come on, folks. Let's begin to call on the name of Jesus. Let's begin to invite him into this place. Let's begin to ask him to move. Let's begin to ask him to minister to each person in here. Jesus, would you come? Jesus, would you fill this house? Holy Spirit, would you visit us this day? Holy Spirit, would you touch each heart that is in this place? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, we choose to honor you. We choose to worship you. We choose to give you all of our worship. So let's give them all of our worship this morning. Amen. All morning as we've been worshiping, I'm, I'm getting this unfolding picture of a divine dichotomy that has frustrated the church for generations. And it is the, the, the tension between God being all-powerful and yet the church and the people of God being so limited. How can this be? How can it be that we serve a living God who opens His hand and satisfies the need of every nation and all the peoples that a drop of his love would transform the entire globe. And yet we stumble and fall sometimes at the smallest of things. How can it be? Because the God that manifests is not he doesn't manifest ever according to who he is he only manifests according to who who we actually believe him to be and our journey is to believe our journey is to unleash the fullness of who he is and this is the promise that we have is there's coming a generation that will touch the fullness where nothing will be held back of the full resource of heaven. And this is our prayer. This is the object of the journey that the fullness of who he is would begin to cascade down on the nations through a people who believe. Volunteers in the day of his power. And we say, Lord, take us, fill us, show us. Let a desperation rise up today that these words we just sang, that he would write upon the tablets of our heart that we would become the epistles read and known of men 
Oh God, we submit to your work. We say, Lord, do what you need to do in us as a church here in Spruce Grove. Can you say, I become what I behold. I, I, I believe I heard the word of the Lord of a name of your house in the spirit. And I believe it's Beersheba of Judah. Beersheba means the seven wells. And Judah means praise. And I want to say to you today, this is a place that has become a city of refuge because of the depths of the digging of the seven wells, seven the number of perfection. It's become a city of refuge and it shall be a city of refuge and you shall see the hurt, the wounded, and those that have been affected by even the spirit of Jezebel to come here and begin to receive healing in the midst of the perfect wells of praise that has been birthed here through time, through effort, and with intentionality. Elijah did an incredible, spectacular, supernatural event in the physical realm where he called down fire from heaven. And I won't go into the backstory, but it, that fire licked up all the 12, 12 uh, barrels of water, licked up all the sacrifice, all the wood, uh, and all of the stones. And, and it was a spectacular event that, that was forever ingrained in the, in the minds of the people of Israel. But this little girl says to Elijah, through a messenger, somebody say a messenger. There are, when we've been pre preaching to you about encounters and how these encounters are for you to be an answer and a solution as you come back down and deliver them. There will be resistance. The enemy will come with, with, with words and messages to try to contain and control to the best of his ability the, the resources that you're about to release into this realm. A messenger. Say, be, what I behold... What I, behold what I behold is what I become. So Elijah receives the message from a messenger from Jezebel. And the Bible says that he saw what she said. 
The enemy's after your sanctified imagination. The enemy's after trying to capture your imagination. And when this is all done, the enemy will try to come and steal the word of God. And I want to tell you, you are to take dominion and stand. And at these moments, the Bible said that Elijah got up from there and he ran to the seven wells of perfect praise. When the hounds of hell are nipping at your heels, you got to run to praise. And this is a house of praise. This is a house where you can escape the tauntings and, and the tacklings and, and, the, and the imaginations that the enemy's trying to build up in here. So I want to decree and declare over you. You are, you are Beersheba of Judah. You have dug out a place and you shall be a refuge that people can run to and find mercy, find grace, find deliverance. Because he sat down in the midst of it. He got two, he got two cakes and two two glasses of water. He got up from that place, ran 200 miles over 40 days on, on what he received in the midst of perfect praise. So Father, I just release a grace over this worship team, over the praise team, over, over the leadership. I release right now a greater grace to, to plumb the depths uh, of these wells, a greater grace to become the very uh, Beersheba that this place that God has purposed, we decree and declare it over you. And, and bring the lost, bring the hurt, bring the ones that are being affected because they will find grace, salvation in the wells of perfect praise. And everybody said amen. amen. Let's praise him. When Jesus walked the earth, he told us, he said, pray like this. And the pivotal cornerstone of that prayer is to pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I keep getting this reoccurring image of what that is. It's an imperfect representation, but it speaks to the idea. God is invading the earth with heaven, the culture of heaven, the precepts of heaven, the laws of heaven. The beauty of heaven is coming to the earth. Oh. And all across the earth where people are willing, they're beginning to form spiritual structures that resemble that which is in heaven. This has always been God's model. He said to Moses, he said, be careful to build according to the pattern that you saw. Nothing, the Apostle Paul said, should be laid on the foundation which I built except that which is consistent with Christ. Something is being established in the earth. Places like this. It's not just people gathered in the spirit, in the invisible, 
There are structures that house the treasures of heaven being transported into this realm. But it's not just structures, it's emissaries. We see this where Daniel prays and in answer to his prayer, an angel is sent. And you see all over the scripture, angels being sent and released. But not all angels are the same. There are angels of different orders, different purposes, different glories. And the Bible talks about watchers, and it talks about archangels, and it talks about cherubim and seraphim. And the order of these these angelic beings represent a hierarchical picture of the glory of heaven that there are there's different statures of angels but those that encamp in the closest places around the throne of God are the seraphim and the cherubim and the four beasts but when it comes to monarchs and and kingdoms if you receive a visit from a high ranking emissary that's significant. The more significant the place, the more, the more noble the messenger. Listen. The more significant the place, the more noble the messenger. A part of what God is doing is he's building replicas of heaven on earth in the same way that during the British Empire you could go to the places that were part of the Commonwealth and you could see replicas of the governmental buildings in different parts of the earth where where the culture and the government of that land had begun to take root in the nations. Well, a picture of that is happening. The government and the structures of heaven are taking root in the earth and emissaries, noble ones, are being sent and there's beginning to be traffic between heaven and earth, between places that are beginning to conform to what is in heaven. And we say to the Lord God, show us how to host increasingly noble Entourages, messengers, come on up. This is what's happening. But it takes eyes of faith. It takes eyes of faith. We don't want to be the peasants who are happy to live in the dirt. We want to come up. We want to be changed. We want, our, we want to be of noble character and noble minds. We want to be made in the likeness of him so that we can become a part of an eternal kingdom. But our role in the eternal kingdom is not based on the fact that we're just born again. But did we allow? Did we allow that work to go deep? How deep? And we're here to say, oh God, do it all. Do it all. Do it all. Change everything. We lay everything. Everything we think, everything we perceive, we're saying, God, we let it fall to the ground. If it's not explicitly, entirely you, we want you. We want you more than anything else. Your born-again experience is your reformation. 
Can you hear me this morning? When you got born, you got reformed. But the whole journey from becoming a caterpillar to becoming a monarch of royalty is that you are transformed. Say reformation, giving us the ability. Come on, the ability. Come on, the ability for transformation. We're, we're, we are coming into our monarch status because of the transformation that is happening because of the, the reformation of our spirits. So I'm going to take a little bit, li- just a wee liberty. Casey, come on up here quick. Sorry, didn't mean to speak so. But just share what you saw about the Jehu. So the word says, King of kings and Lord of lords. I've always applied that as the kings, the rulers of this earth, not I'm a king. I'm a priest. I'm a holy nation. And so Friday, was it Friday night? Friday night I had an encounter with heaven, an unusual encounter with heaven. King Jehu came into the room. I thought, this is a little weird. Like, this is for me a little outside. And I'm outside. Look at the shoes. I'm outside. So I'm outside. But we're standing on the blood. Amen. So when King Jehu, I'm like, well, this is odd. Like, this is very strange. But I believe King Jehu came to give us an impartation, a purpose to rule from a kingly perspective. Because what he had in his hand was coins, like these silver coins, and he was like sowing the earth with these coins, silver coins, handfuls of silver coins. And he had all his, um, his kingly vestige on. And I thought, and I went home and I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? But there's a level of heaven We're moving not just into the angelic realm, but we're into the great cloud of witnesses. I mean, my dream last night, the Apostle Paul and Caleb who took the land was in it. There's something going on in the the unusual this weekend. Amen? So just, amen? You receive that? So, Pastor Mark was saying, royalty... Royalty came into the room. Say, I am part of a royal race, even though sometimes I don't feel like it. Because, but I am becoming more like who I am, according to the royal decrees of the Word of God. So I know. With, I never put two and two together, but what I shared about, and I'm, I want to be cautious because I say, say my focus is on the Lord, not on what the enemy is doing. He was distributing silver coins. Silver is righteousness. How do you defeat How do you defeat somebody like Jezebel? You become righteous. 
this royal righteousness you that starves out the flesh and it's only the flesh that she can eat uh, that she can eat and get strong and if you have bitterness and if you have offense with one another and you're operating in the flesh uh, fleshly realm that empowered but if you are receiving the royal righteousness that is clearly giving to you and mantling you say i Say, I, I receive my robe of righteousness today. When the prodigal, when the prodigal came home, and I want to say prodigals are coming home. Prodigals are coming home. Prodigals are coming home. And when they come home, they must be met with a robe of righteousness. You don't have to go take them out to the barn and hose them down. Can you hear me? You don't have to clean them up. You don't have to, you don't have to polish them. You don't have to anoint them. You don't have to, you don't have to take their clothes off and put new clothes on. All you gotta do is let the yareshing power of the robe of righteousness displace everything that has been contrary to that. Whoa, hey, ro, oh, day. You must be looking at the borders of your authority for the sons and daughters to come home and meet them first with a robe of righteousness then the shoes of a son maybe not those ones but I still love you maybe especially those ones and a ring of authority Around, around my apostolic team that I've worked with for 25 years, back home in Belleville at Desert Stream Christian Fellowship, we have, we have this saying that we have is a same wage. Somebody say same wage. Same wage. Whether they get hired in the morning and they work their butt off, whether they've come in in the morning or they come in five minutes before the day is over, they still get the same wage with no condemnation and no shame and let Holy Spirit do the working as you wrap them and cover them with a multiplicity of the, of the love of the Father. When you cover them with sin, you begin to smother them with the love of the Father. When you cover them with love, you cover the sin and they're able to be smothered and they're able to see clearly for the first time in such a very long time. Let God do the cleaning but I'll tell you there's an authority in this room to receive royal righteousness to become everything God has called you to be you know the message I actually I was reading the parable about the prodigal son this morning but the message in that is is I don't promote the same way men promote I, you know, sometimes we get this around churches. We get a culture where we, there's, there begins to be a pecking order, and it's about who's done the most things for the longest be, gets to become the senior people. God turns that order on its head. 
And so he took, took Paul, who wasn't there. He wasn't with the 12. He didn't walk the journey. He never met Jesus in those three years. In fact, he was an antagonist of everything. He killed their friends. And all of a sudden, he was elevated to this place. I bet there were a lot of people whose noses were out of joint about that. I bet there was a lot of people grumbling and complaining, envious that where'd this guy come from? Who does he think he is? Let me tell you, don't, this is God's order. There are going to be people who come out of nowhere who are suddenly operating in authority that you think they don't deserve it. They haven't been around long enough. Well, it doesn't work that way. Can we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, regardless, even if it means we get bypassed? Listen, that's the kingdom of heaven. Is it? Do we want it or not? Now, last night, Jess was here hanging around after everybody went home. Jess, what do you do late at night here? I clean. <laughs> you do what? I clean. I clean. Um, so last night I was cleaning and I saw Jesus and angels walking through the hallways and they were wearing military garb and on, on their, on their like coats, they had these badges and each one stood for something different. There's things like power and dominion and authority and glory and love. And they were walking through the halls and they were like planning. They were in a planning session walking through, but in full, full regal garb. Reach your hands out towards Jess. Lord, we bless, Lord, the prophetic gifts in this house, Lord, in this next generation. Lord, we say raise up the seers. Lord, we bless those who see what we have not seen, what our eyes have not beheld. We say, Lord, open the eyes of the next generation, even if it means they see far more than we've ever seen. Oh, God, raise them up. Lord, let what was mysterious be intuitive to them. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless them. There, there's, uh, in your life, sir, you're wearing a Banff shirt, there's oxygen. There's an oxygenization coming through your bloodstream. You're, you're, you're about to breathe easier, the breath of God. I don't know if you're, if you're having any issue with any of that, but I, I, just, I just see the breath of God rising up like, like a whirlwind on the inside of you and displacing some things that are, that are trying to stop you and stop you from breathing and inhaling. The, the nefesh of God, the rak hakodesh, is, is coming into your life and breathing freshness. There's a fresh flow of Holy Spirit. And, and, and we need to deal with some, some oxygen 
synergization issues. There needs to be a dealing with shortness of breath. There's shortness of breath. You've been having shortness of breath because there hasn't been a proper blood flow going through your body. The, the, the oxygen hasn't been going into your bloodstream and it hasn't been going through and it hasn't been energizing you and oxygenizing your, your system. So I speak right now. Is anybody having an issue of shortness of breath like COPD? Yeah, okay, so I was right there. Amen. I was right. Hey, Dad, I was right again. Yeah. So anybody else, lift your hands if you're having breathing issues. Yeah, just come around. Anybody with a hand up, can you guys, can a leadership team, just come around people. Right now, they're, yeah, over here, yeah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. So, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name, if you see a hand up, okay, don't put your hand up to pray for people right now. Put your hand up if you're having breathing issues so people can come to you. Just keep your hand up. Right over here. Can I have somebody else over here? Amen. Hallelujah. How everybody got somebody praying for? Father God, Rakhakodesh, holy breath of God. We're asking you right now that you would rise in the midst of your people. You said you put eternity in the hearts of men. And I'm asking right now, eternal, eternal Holy Spirit, that you, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you would come this morning and you would yaresh, you would displace, you, Holy Spirit, breath of God, would breathe in, in them, through them, and displace everything, stopping the flow of oxygen into their system. And I want to say to you also, there are several people that are trying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you can't. There's a blockage. And that's the same, that's a breathing issue. That's a breathing issue. Say, Holy Spirit is the holy breath of God. We've had this great weekend... And uh, you can feel the liberty and the joy and the overflow of the Holy Ghost in the room. It is great. It is absolutely great. But here's the thing. The enemy, the kingdom of darkness, always works by, by containment. If the enemy can't keep you from getting born again, he keep you from being effective as a Christian. You know, and, and it's just layers and layers of containment. So everything is a fight. But here's the beauty of it. You know, for years and years, we watched the Iron Curtain. And, uh, you know, we saw, you know, what's going on there. And, and suddenly, out of nowhere, suddenly out of nowhere, the people rose up and began to throw off the shackles of tyranny. Right? But here's the thing. That could have happened 20 years earlier. That, that could have happened 50 years earlier. That couldn't, it, it could have been that that hadn't, didn't have to happen at all, that Iron Curtain. And so we have a picture of something that there is an emerging church throwing off the shackles of spiritual tyranny. As we begin to believe it's possible, as we begin to, to, to emerge, and what you're seeing is sparks of that here this morning from these events that we're doing. Now, we're, I'm excited because we get to do this one this weekend. I get to do this another one with Dean Briggs in Des Moines, Iowa this coming weekend. And then the weekend after that, Thursday, Friday, 
or Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to do another one, the same group of people with a bunch of others from Ontario and out east and, and BC in Woodstock, Ontario. And then in May, the first weekend of May, the three of us are going to be back in Vancouver Island, and we're going to do another one of these in Nanaimo. The beautiful thing is this, is that it's kind of like this discovery I had as a young Christian. Once I realized that I could break through by putting on a CD and worshiping or by getting in a, a secret place and just praying in tongues until the atmosphere changed around me, uh, we as the people of God can realize that any time that we press in, the kingdom of God will materialize. That it's not dependent upon factors that are unassociated with us. That actually as sons of God, God is giving us authority to do that. That's why, you know, the enemy is fighting this so badly. And every time somebody does something that wasn't done before, they always, the voice is always, who do you think you are? Right? Caleb, right? Or Joshua, he says to the son, stand still. Like, who told you you could do that? I don't know, I just believed it, and it happened. Well, where do, where do you get the authority to do that? Actually, you have way more authority to do things than you know. But it's stepping out of that spiritual containment, actually believing and breaking through. And this is an opportunity, this weekend is an opportunity to see some of the sunshine, to break open that sky, that brazen ceiling above your head, and find liberty you didn't know was always available to you. Now, the bondage is real. The restrictions are real. And we're not saying the enemy's power is, 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 is not really there. It's just we have more available to us than we know. And what's starting to happen is groups of people are starting to gather and pray and worship, and they're discovering that, hey, what, wait a minute. We don't actually have to be subject to the weights of darkness. Woo! You don't have to be subject to the depression. You don't have to be subject to the moodiness, the darkness, the jealousy, the anger, the resentment, the hurt. God has already provided everything necessary for godliness. So let's step into this. And, and by the way, I want you to, just as we are dealing with the heart issues and praying for heart issues and stuff, I was getting this thing like, Laughter is good medicine for the heart. You know what I do at home sometimes? Just, uh, I, uh, I just go on, on Instagram reels. I cry laughing at everyone hurting themselves in this crazy world. Now, my wife thinks I'm demented. And that's funny too. Just like... <laughs> And I'll, I'll bugger. Okay, so my wife's downtime is like sitting down on the couch and just like, you know, watching a Chicago Fire or something. Just like, like. anyway, uh, and uh, so I'll, I'll I'll say shut that up, shut that up, pause that, and I'll sit and I'll make her watch. <laughs> Fails in Instagram reels and just like, just like I just I literally just cry. I just like, and I get up, I'm better. <laughs> the pressure is real, the darkness is real. Um, if you remember, uh, if you were here at the beginning of, of just our time together on Friday night, 
didn't know if it was going to fit anywhere. We didn't know what was going to fit, what was going to happen, or what we should share. But um, uh, a buddy of mine, Robert Wilson, a.k.a. Fresh IE, a, a rapper out of Winnipeg, an incredible man of God who's ministered to thousands upon thousands of First Nations youth with concerts and so on and so forth, and he's been to a couple of our Battle for Canada's. He had a, a powerful dream on uh, Monday night, and the dream was there was this huge anaconda that was coming after us, and... Um, and I grabbed the head, and I just wouldn't let go, and I was wrestling the head. And it was a big uh, white and yellow anaconda. And, um, and I yelled at him, get the middle. And then I yelled at these other guys, get the tail. And we all did, and we were holding, and we were holding it down. And, and he said, man, you would not let go of this thing. And just like, and um, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, you know, you kind of just tuck it away. And so what I did is I, I felt led actually Friday night to bring it up, even though, you know, Kingdom Encounters, like, what the heck does a big yellow and white snake have to do with, with, with what's going on right now? But, you know, as we know that God speaks now one way, now another, though men may not perceive it, as it says in Job 13, 33, 14, um, and, and, uh, and colors actually mean stuff, obviously, in the negative and in the positive. And this is a pretty negative dream, uh, dealing with a, you know, a snake, a demonic principality in power, and 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 uh, and Fresh Ie is one who we've warred together for the things of God and for people and for first peoples and for Canada. So I knew it was a national, uh, a dream, dream about national, you know, something in, in the nation. Now, white in the negative is religiousness which Jesus had a really hard time with, <laughs> you know. Um, and yellow in the negative is, is being a coward or, or fear and or fear. So my take was, you know, I talked to another person who, who interprets dreams and basically it's, it's um, the religious spirit partners with fear or fear partners with the religious spirit, but it empowers the principality of the snake. And it's time for it to come down. Well, yeah. It's, but, so when we get here, find out that Amarissa, you know where is little, how old is Amarissa? She's eight. So she has a dream, correct? And in the dream, you know, actually quickly come up here because I don't want to get this wrong, but you all got to hear this. Um, tell us, your daughter's dream. And when was it? So last Sunday night. So Monday morning she woke up and... This is really loud. She, uh, she said... It's not? Okay. Um, uh, okay, so she had this dream that her and the Breezebois kids, Matt and Val's kids, were playing in a, like a corn maze type of thing, this maze. And this big yellow and white snake started chasing them. And, uh, and then she got separated and the yellow and white snake was chasing her. And then she turned into a lion... And then the snake turned into a lion, but she knew it was a bad lion. So then she turned around and pounced on the lion and held him down and made him say the name of the Lord. And as soon as he pronounced the name of the Lord, he became a good lion. Sunday night. Yeah. I want to show you something. It was, look, when he got a hold of me, it was Monday afternoon. So Sunday night. Sunday night. Wow. 
this, I, I realized that, that he had his dream about this yellow and white snake. Now there's lots in here about taking our authority. Um, um, I just, <clears throat> keep it down in front, please. Um, can, can, I want you to make sure that you pray. What's your daughter's name? Amarissa. Pray for Amarissa. She has a gift, a prophetic gift, and she needs to be veiled. She needs to be covered so that her equity comes, that she does not, does not get uh, railroaded, okay, at all. Not in, say no fear, but understanding the call that we pray right now and plead the blood of Jesus Christ over Amarissa. Lord God, and, and, and parents, cover her, keep her. And because she will emerge in 12 years. <laughs> but she needs, you will know her day of the unveiling. She will have the equity to stand up underneath the pressure it takes to be a seer. Something interesting about Amarissa, she was, I, I, I'm going to call, say, she was like the poster child for a battle for Canada for the children. Do you remember when she's sitting on the stage and just so much was happening and she was just sitting there taking the whole thing in of North Battleford on the 70th anniversary of possibly the greatest outpouring that Canada, well, the, of the world has seen of just uh, all the Holy Ghost since Pentecost. And, um, and of course, Fresh I.E. was at that very battle for Canada contending warring, you know, very interesting. Well, um, John, where are you? John, just put up your hand. You can just sit there, though. I'm going to, that's, okay, well, come on up here then, John, quickly. Just fine, come on up. Because I've got your vision here that you had back on the 14th that I haven't shared yet. But anyway, go on, come on up here if you go. I just want to say, Marissa means God said. Wow. So um, I was driving from Whitecourt to Edmonton to go to the Vine um, to their prayer night. And all, when I was driving, all I can see was a sign that said, just breathe. And we were talking about that this morning. Just breathe. And then when we got, when I got to the vine, um, the image came clearer. Uh, a lady was holding a, a white and yellow snake across the back of her neck, and it was choking and the weight was too heavy. And she couldn't breathe. It wasn't in her lungs. It was in her heart. Through betrayal. Through betrayal. Her heart was broken. But she couldn't let that snake down. She couldn't breathe. And so when we got into the Vine Church, the first thing we we prayed about was a new life that was starved, starved of oxygen for 30 minutes. Actually, the young baby that was, uh, what, three months old, he was starved of oxygen for 30 minutes. And throughout the whole night, that's all I could see was that snake that lady was holding and the sign above her head that said, just breathe. She couldn't breathe because her heart was broken. Wow. 
Thank you, John. That's from March 14th. You know, so when we have confirmations and we have two people who are at, you know, our very first battle for Canada, uh, 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 you know, someone older like Freshay and a child, both having the same, uh, a very similar dream on the same night. You know, so um, I, I, uh, I don't have much more to say about that. But this year of crossing over to 24 is, is just imperative. I, um, the number 23 signifies the number of death. Murder in King James Version is in the Bible 23 times. But baptisms in the Bible 23 times. which brings new life, death to self. Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Like we need, this is a really good day to let go of your bitterness, like your religiousness. Some of us don't even really know who we have, right? It's just like, we get a little, you know, some people, we're, you know, we, uh, God starts to move and Mark and Barry and different ones and, you know, uh, ben and Ken open up the heavens and it's, and it's awesome but some of us are like you're just back there like oh, I, oh. just like you know um, but I'm going to tell you and, and just the fear of the Holy Ghost and what you it's like is this the Holy Ghost and stuff I want to encourage Canada I want to encourage us when Jesus said do not fear that God will give you a snake When you ask for the Holy Ghost, the very thing we need in what in days we're coming is the movement. And just, when we come together, I just love it that, you know, well, we just don't know what's going to happen. Just like, and, and I know some, you know, some people are asking our office, just like even rally the troops in coming up in, in Toronto. Some people don't want to come because there's not a schedule. I mean, we know start time, you know, and it was the same battle for Canada. When's my favorite speaker talking? <clears throat> but the Holy Ghost wants preeminence. Yes. We need to give it to him. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> and he is our favorite speaker. <laughs> and he, I, I was going to say that too. It's just like, thank you. It's just like so, so good. Imperative. And knowing the Lord as your shepherd and trusting him. A lot of people, a lot of us, we say, I, I trust God until we have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets real. Number 23, the fear of the Lord is in there 23 times in the word of God. Death is in the Bible 138 times, but that's six times 23. Matthew 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. We're crossing over. We are stuck right now with the 23rd prime minister. Bless him. Bless him. Resurrection. 
But God is looking for number 24, the ecclesia, the 24 elders bowing down, casting down their crowns before him and allowing God to be God in the church of Canada. Once again, I'm telling you to write the laws, to stand in our authority. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> you know, it's almost for next year, though. But I let let let's do touch that. Okay, we're going to. You know, it just will There's so much being set up in this whole journey for what's coming, and it's now. And this is all of this. What we're seeing established, the reestablishment of even the apostolic. By the way, the apostolic is 100% family. It's not hierarchy. It's family. The government had to come in and bust up the First Nations families. You know why? Because they had the grandparents, the parents, and the kids all staying together. Like, how do we, how do we, how do we, you know, take their culture away? We bust up their family. But family in, in the ecclesia is being built and, and, and established and restored. The warriors, the intercessors, the whole fivefold minister ministry, all the musicians and the dancers. I was so blessed this morning. But thank you, dancers. Just it's powerful. I just like you know, but we're taking our place. This is this is what's this is this is what's being built, you know. Um, but the number twenty four, just quickly and you know, uh, we were there right after um, Battle for Canada, St. John, where we were, we were contending for the apostolic to, you know, come forward. We go a few weeks later, and we're there in the, a war room in the war museum. In Ottawa, in the war museum, and, you know, we, we showed up that morning, you know, and, like, what do we got? It was just like, what we... Barry comes in, and, and I, it was you, and you had Psalm 24. Do you remember that? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates of the kingdom of glory. And so someone said, well, maybe we should go to 24 Sussex. Well, what we said was, let's go to the gates. Let's go to the prime minister's gates. And so I'm like, okay, something's up with number 20. And someone said, well, that's 24 Sussex. And I'm like, okay, do a quick count. 24 of us. Okay. Just like, and, um, and uh, Kirk says, well, listen, well, I had a dream. And he goes, I had a dream that we, that we went and we were on the 12th floor. And we went to this, this uh, to, the, to, the, to the penthouse, like the presidential suite. And I had the key for it. And he goes, so I was coming down. And sorry, no, this was not his. This was another intercessor's. Kirk Smith's dream was very similar, but he was in that presidential suite that the other intercessor had a dream about. And and Justin Trudeau was trying to get in, but he couldn't. Kirk Smith, the intercessor, was already in there. But this other, another intercessor has a dream coming down the hall, meets Justin Trudeau at that presidential suite. Remember, Justin Trudeau is Prime Minister number 23, and he's, you know. Uh, and he, he goes, and so this other intercessor sees him and his entourage like, well, you go ahead. And so he says, thank you. And he's not working. So the center intercessor comes goes, choo, choo, oh, thank you. And it goes in, into, into this presidential suite. 
and it was number 24. We were at that gate that day, 24 Sussex, 24 of us having communion, and all these 24s are going off. I think there might even be a couple more in there. And the Lord says, here's another 24 for you while we were standing there and declare this. I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. I'm like, Lord, that's not 24. That's uh, Malachi 6, 4. He goes, yeah, what's six times four? God's math is pretty good, actually. It's not bad. So, Father, we pray for a grace this year to leave our addictions behind, our fears behind, our jealousies behind, our bitterness behind, our religiousness behind. Give us a, a grace, Lord God, to overcome this anaconda, this spirit that is empowering darkness, that is devouring, that is dividing, that is causing people to run in fear. Give us a grace to hold on to that thing and not let go. In Jesus' name. I could share more, I'm not going to. I love you guys, thank you. And thank you, Canada, for being part of Kingdom Encounters and this house. Thanks, Mark. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. You know... I want to say something. As, as Art was talking about the next generation, particularly in Barry, uh, regarding the dreams and that, you know, the, there's a scripture. I was, I think it was my last year of Bible college at Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas. David Wilkerson came and spoke at one of the graduations. It wasn't mine. It was the semester before. But he had this message from Proverbs. And it was based on that proverb that says, the adulteress seeks the precious life. And, and he basically unfurled the whole message of his ministry to invert our thinking around the people that have been harassed, attacked, and destroyed by the enemy, that they aren't the worst of us, but they might be the best of us. He, he, said, he said, listen, the, the adult addict, the, the, uh, the sinner, the prostitute, the, 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 child, the children who are in poverty, you know, the enemy is looking for the precious ones. He's looking for the ones that could create the greatest damage for us. And, and that's who he's after. That's why all the two-year-olds were killed when Moses was born, because the enemy knew a precious one was about to come into the earth, and so he's trying to destroy. When Jesus was born, what did Herod do? He re- released a decree to kill all the children two years and under. Right? This is what the enemy does. Why am I saying this? Because you, we're sitting here, and some of us don't perceive some of these things as well as others. And we think, ah, you know, maybe you're just exaggerating. I want to tell you right now, God is saying, listen, there's a generation coming up that is precious in my eye, and the enemy has released an edict to try to destroy them. And the only thing standing between destruction and, and, the, and their destiny is you. And, and so when we gather here on Sundays and I get up and say, hey, we really need to press in, it's not because I need to feel good that you guys are doing something so that I look like a great leader. And I know people sometimes think that. No, because there are lives hanging in the balance. There are destinies hanging in the balance. The warfare is real, but we have weaponry that can create a metasphere, metasphere. of God's presence here that can incubate destinies and cause us to be protected so that we can sustain the next generation to come up into their destiny. 
This is going to happen all over the earth, and God is looking for places to do that. You are here not by accident. You're here to be a part of that. Believe his prophets and prosper. The... The battle's real. Yeah, he gave me a book, so we're clear. Um, the battle's real. You, when you ask for victory, I leaned over to this beautiful couple right here, and I says, you ask for victory, and he gives you a battle. We don't, I mean, duh. Like, we... You want victory? You want a victory without a battle? That's dumb. Yeah. You, you, get, a, you get the purple ribbon. The, I, I, I participated. So here, here's, say treasure. Say I am God's greatest treasure. Say I believe that. You're prophesying to what you will believe. So you, you, you need to understand the greatest treasures are found in the darkest places. What you just said is so bang on. They're the ones that refused to not be authentic and got destroyed in the midst of it. The most gifted people are in graves, actually, but the most gifted people are underneath bridges. And they need somebody to love them beyond knowledge so that they can be covered with love so that they can think clearly for once in their lifetime. Because when you cover people with love, you smother their sin. You smother their sin. But I want to challenge you. When you ask for victory, and, and I'm not saying don't ask for victory, but you need to understand you're about to be slammed into chaos. Not because of anything else than this. He wants you to grow up bigger. Jesus' prayer in, in, in John chapter 17 is, Father, don't take them out of the world. Keep them in the world. Say, it's time to dominate, not escape. Say, it's time to take over, not take off. So he is with intentionality putting you into places where you can be the litmus test for heaven. He is putting you in this place because he wants someone to have the audacity to stand in the midst of the darkness and create light and begin to be an answer in the valleys of the shadow of death that your pathway is leading you and he wants you to pick up the treasures, the feastings, the the treasures and the wonderful feasting moments in the midst of because he's sending you into these places so that you can feast in the midst of your enemies that's very important feast because of your enemies but also feast for your enemies do you have the audacity to pray for those 
that, that are saying all manner of evil against you? Do you have the audacity to forgive all those that are trying to despitefully use you? Do you have the audacity? Can you hear the word of the Lord? Do you have the audacity right now to begin to be an answer to whom nothing has been provided? There are, there are people in this world that God wants to get to, but he can't get to because of the circumstantial evidence, the chaos, everything else, and then, and the, all the things, and they can't plead the blood themselves, and they, they can't do all these things. They have no ability and he's sending you into these places to be a light and an answer to these people and he knows what he put on the inside of you he knows that you are able he knows that you are well able to be able to stand in the midst of the darkness and distribute the answers because you spent time allowing papa to love on you so this is the word of the lord you ready your job is to stay weak. I'm a faith preacher and I said that. But not weak in character. But not not weak in emaciation because you don't take care of your body effectively. It's you're always constantly in need of him because you're always just a little above your head. You're in a little above your head and you're always working a little beyond your pay grade. This is the place where God needs you. This is why we walk by faith, not by sight. So last night, six years ago, this June 9th, I had a massive heart attack. I was rushed in. I won't get into it. But the fact of the matter is last night, my heart rate was at, a, at a, a constant steady of about 108 for like two hours. And so I'm like, Father God, I'm set free in every way from anyone's control. Whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. I'm set free for freedom's sake. I'm the healed of the Lord. I, he's by his stripes. I'm healed. I, I thank you that, I, that there's a proper breath. I, I command everything. And I'm, I'm speeding it up, but I'm just, I am in the midst of intercession for the heart of the nation, for the heart of this community, for the hearts of the leaders. And, and all of a sudden we begin to step into this heart thing. And I'm saying, this sucks, dad. I don't want to be here. But you want a victory, Barry. You want to grow in authority, Barry. You want to be an answer and you better be a better solution. Well, well son, you need to understand you. I, I got to send you into the battle. So last night, as I'm going to bed, as I'm, as I'm doing this, my, my heart rate went back down almost instantaneously when, when the service ended. We need to understand that we are in battle. But it's not to define you, delay you, or deny you it's to cause you to increase in authority and rescue the people in those dark places that they would not have had the opportunity had you not had the audacity to step in and say yes Lord Fine. One last 12. Oh, 24. 
So last night, Barry, I was, I, was, I was looking at you at one point, and I was playing the guitar, and then I started to play a heartbeat. You remember that? Now it turned into a war drum setting. So that's what it does. It turns into a war drum setting. So I, I, thought, I saw it as a heartbeat when I started to play it. That's what I heard. That's what I saw. And I was looking at you. And then it went war drum. Amen. So I forgot a I have to make it quick because that year, right after the 24s were happening, a couple months later, um, and that was in 2019, the last, I don't want to lose anyone here, but the last full moon of the decade, the last moon of, in 2019, was on December 12th, on 1212, at 12 minutes after 12, and where it crested, because you see, the moon, God set it up for times and seasons, correct? That's what and where it crests, it only crests in one spot of the earth at a time, right? And it's not always the same spot. And it's for a moment. It's like, nah, it's not full. It's full. It's not anymore. And even though to your naked eye for a couple of days, oh, it's a full moon. No, actually, it's not. At one moment, for a moment, for a minute, it stays full. 12 minutes after 12 on December 12th, it crested over the capital of Canada, Ottawa. Okay. But unfortunately, later that day, on 12-12, Andrew Scheer resigned. And it kind of did something to the hearts of conservatives, like... And I said, oh, God, what is this? Also at 12-12-12, a child was born on Eastern Standard Time, on the line of the crest, was born in America, and her name was Denarii. Denarii is out of Mark 12-12, where Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God to God's. So there's this dividing wow. happening between, between this religious, political spirit where we've just trusted a prime minister and the church, you know, we'll tell you what, we'll be quiet and we'll be nice. And, and just get the right guy in there. Oh, there, but if we just get the right guy, it's done, it's over. And the Lord spoke that on 12, 12 at 12. And 12 plus 12 is 24. Thus concludes the lesson. Um, so we had some books set out over the weekend. Are those going to be available again? They're still out. Okay, so the books, this will be a last year opportunity. And we don't have a lot of time afterwards, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to have Barry and Art slip out with me fairly quickly. So we don't want to spend another hour hanging around afterwards. Art's got to fly out this afternoon, and we've got a couple of things to, go, to do before we go. But thanks, guys. We're happy to host this this weekend. We're happy to, to be a launching pad for what God is doing. And, uh, you know, it, it is a privilege. It is a privilege to walk with these guys. You know, um, uh, I, I, don't, I won't preach on it today, but seeing as we're already past due. But, you know, it talks in Jude, and it, and it says this. It says, uh, talks about the enemy and those who attack 
and accuse glorious ones. Uh, I believe these men are glorious ones. I believe the people that God raises up and anoints in the body of Christ are glorious ones. And, and the difference between maybe them and those that are not so obviously powerful in the spirit is a question of have you come in to the destined glory that you're meant to reflect? That is, that is the difference. It's not that, that others get more glory than you because Paul talks about a power at work inside of you that is equal to the power that raised Christ from the dead. The only difference is some people are shining forth that power more, but the potential exists for all of us. And so let's, let's covenant today to honor those folks. When you see an anointed man or woman and you hear people tearing them down, you know, like uh, we heard so with, you know, yesterday I think it was Art, talking about how he used to tear down Joel Osteen and, uh, and the Lord rebuked him. Let's, let's stop that. I believe that if we could stop the cursing that comes towards the leaders in the kingdom of God, our, our light would burst forth in amazing ways. And so you just hate the idea that imagine standing before the Lord one day and you were like, Look, God, why didn't you use me more? Well, look. Look what you did. And he realized that, oh, it was me all along. I could have. So let's bless. Let's bless the ones, the unusual ones. You know why? These guys are very different. Like all three of us have different hairstyles. You got not so much hair. You got a strip of hair. But more than that, like our, our, our giftings, our delivery, how we speak and how we minister. You got old time Pentecostal, you got vineyard prophetic, you got uh, whatever you would, call, you know, I mean, just. Uh, <laughs> but that difference is beautiful. That, that difference. And there's, you're, you're going to organically be drawn towards some more than others. But let's honor all the voices. Amen. Seriously, I want to embrace anybody the Lord is using and not pick apart the validity of God using them based on what I think about how they're doing it. And uh, I believe if we could do that one thing, man, we could really get blessed by the array of gifts in the body of Christ. And we as a church, we are determining to do that. So bless you. Wait, wait. Chris is going to close. Bless you. Be released. Thank you for being here all weekend. God bless everybody. Bye-bye.